welcome to episode 41 of Establish the Collection. I am your host, Cody Main, joined as always by everyone's favorite sports card whisperer, Gary Hartman. Gary, how's it going, buddy? It's our Dirk Nowitzki episode. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I, you're right. I'm good, man. I'm good. If, if you notice, if you're watching on YouTube, and we'll have a little news about YouTube here in a second, uh, it's it's light outside right next to us here. So we're doing uh, early morning. Now that Cody's full-time at ETR, we can we can shift up our uh, recording schedule. We got a a.m. Eastern re- recording time. So don't worry. The energy will still be there. But we're just switching up on everyone, and we feel good about it. You can tell by Gary's background, but for myself, if you're again, if you're watching along on YouTube, I'm in my mom's basement uh, where it is always dark in, in, in the dungeon. So you wouldn't know it and know it otherwise by by watching my video stream. But yeah. we are recording 11 a.m. ish Eastern time uh, yeah. as we get started a little bit later than we had expected. But I do want to keep in, in in the theme of YouTube one small piece of housekeeping note news and notes if you've used to find the show on YouTube underneath the Establish the Run umbrella. We have migrated to our very own Establish the Collection channel, separate from all the great sports betting and fantasy content you guys get at ETR. Just trying to trick the YouTube algorithm into throwing us a few more subscribers, a few more uh, views on the YouTube page as well. So if you have not done so already, please hop over there, subscribe, just help us support the show. Uh, Just getting this new channel off the ground. Yep, everything through um, last week's episodes, I think episode 39 or 40, will still be on the original Establish the Run page, but everything moving forward will be Establish the Collection. So if you want archive, YouTube, go still go to ETR, uh, flagship page, but Establish the Collection on YouTube, that's it, just Establish the Collection. Uh, please throw us, please please go and subscribe, like the videos that will pop up there, um, and we'll see. The good thing about us having our own feed is like if we want to do kind of any break-off content, uh, PSA reveals like we tried, you know, one time, it'll be way easier to kind of market and do it on our own feed, which will be great. So, uh, yeah, you know, just went up, uh, so brand new, but yeah, throw some love over there, and you'll, you'll see all our content moving forward visually uh, on the Establish the Collection YouTube page. All right, let's get right into it, Gary. We don't want to waste any time. We have a, a jam-packed show. We want to recap some stuff that we talked about from last week with F1 and UFC. We're going to get into plenty of that as well, but a lot of MLB discussion today. And I want to get uh, let you tell the audience as many names as possible, guys, that you're targeting before uh, the season kicks off in yeah. just about a week now. Yeah, um, like let's, nine let's, days. Let's start maybe. here, though. Let's start with a little bit of winning formula with Gary Hartman. Can you give us a quick recap of the F1 race from last week i believe it was the saudi arabia grand prix uh, what what were the news and notes any takeaways from last week's race yeah uh really really interesting race and weekend overall um you know starting from practice into qualifying you know bury the lead of, of what we're all here for but we didn't know if this race was even going to happen um there was a bombing about a mile away from the track uh, in saudi arabia and you know all of saturday night the race seemed like it was all the way into some conspiracy theories about, uh, you know, the Saudi Arabian Kingdom race, uh, basically, you know, a lot of money involved, whatever. Uh, so, you know, I think the I think emotions were high on Saturday and Sunday, which may have led to some interesting, interesting results. But, uh, you know, that's just conspiracy, Gary, kind of kind of go, going at it. But, uh, you know, it was a really, really fun weekend. It's Saudi is Saudi's an interesting track. It's like a street track, really narrow on the corners, but the straightaways, you can make some moves. Um, on, on qualifying on Saturday, um, Lewis Hamilton, first time in like forever in forever. I know it's been since I think he was on with McLaren. They did not get out of Q1, meaning he did not get out of the first round of qualifying, meaning he was going to start start in the last five positions on the grid. Obviously, um, 
you know, we have a large enough sample size with Lewis Hamilton to know that it wasn't really probably him just being off his game more than it was something going on with that Mercedes car. So that's something to watch moving forward. Uh, really disappointing stuff out of Lewis Hamilton. And then, you know, but what we what we have seen is what we continue to see now through the first two races of the season is that there's really two dominant teams up top, and that is Ferrari and that is Red Bull. Uh, Red Bull did not this weekend have the same issues that they had on the first week, which was they looked super fast. They had the pace, but then they broke down. Uh, did not happen this week. I'll talk about the race in a second, but they were uh, as good as possible, um, both on Saturday and Sunday. So on Saturday, uh, they're, you know we, we all know Max Verstappen as their, their lead driver. On Saturday, Sergio Perez, Checo, is uh, kind of their, their, their number two driver, veteran, really good, good driver in his own right. Um, actually took home qualifying on a really exciting last lap. If you're ever just looking for some really like 30 minutes of excitement, I would really highly recommend watching Saturday qualifying because once it gets into Q3, those last five minutes are just exhilarating, trying to see who might overtake the next to get the pole position. So anyway, he stole it out of Ferrari's hands. So he started to top the grid uh, with the two Ferraris coming in after him and Max Verstappen, the, the other Red Bull coming in at four. Uh, really exciting race on Sunday. Re- kind of came down between uh, Leclerc, uh, who, Le Charles, Charles Leclerc, who won the first race of the season, and Max Verstappen, our, our reigning champion, was able to kind of come up from that fourth position uh, to to battle it back and forth with Leclerc in first and second. And ultimately, uh, Max Verstappen did get his first win of the season, overtook Leclerc uh, in the last couple laps there. Red Bull did have some more pace, no, no reliability issues with the battery or the engine or the fuel tank, whatever they thought was going on last week. And uh, yeah, so now we have a, a win for Red Bull, a win for Ferrari. Charles Leclerc still sits atop the Drivers' Championship rankings, coming in second, obviously coming in with first last week. But I think this is going to be the battle, at least for the short term, that we're going to see. Now, Mercedes is hanging around. George Russell had a top five or six finish this week. Lewis Hamilton, credit to him, did come up from 15th all the way to like seventh or eighth. Uh, did you know He did what he had to do. But you know Mercedes is a little bit off the pace uh, right now for sure. So it seems like a two, two, two-headed race uh, between Leclerc uh, and for stopping and, and between Ferrari and Red Bull. I mean, Carlos Sainz is the second driver for Ferrari, Sergio Perez for Red Bull. Those guys are, are consistently getting in the top four or five, it seems like, as well. And we have ourselves a great battle once again. And and you know what? The the regulation rules do seem to be working. Like we have excitement in the midfield. Alpine, uh, which is Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon seems to have a lot of pace. Um, you know, they had they had great battles. Ocon ended up getting up there this week. Um you know, and obviously Mercedes is still hanging around. We were hot. We talked about Haas and Kevin Magnussen last week. There, they have some pace, and they, they look like they're going to be fun. There was a scary accident with the second driver of Haas, Mick Schumacher, who was a rookie last year uh, in qualifying. Really scary. Uh, thankfully, everything was okay. Um, you know, I think his cars are still worth looking at right now. While while he's like clearly behind Kevin Magnussen, and his true rookies just came out. Uh, I'd be looking to buy some of that stuff up raw. Um, but anyway, I digress. Really, another fun weekend. We have another. Now we have a week off. But before the next race, which I believe is April 8th to 10th weekend, uh, don't remember. Oh, it's Australia going Australia. So uh, really, really fun stuff, man. F1's off to a, to a great start. I have been meaning to ask you since the qualifying issues with Mercedes and, and with Lewis Hamilton. I mean, people that have, have only followed this show or just followed Drive to Survive or whatever the case may have been, they know Lewis Hamilton as, as probably the greatest F1 driver of all time. Is this a, an issue with the Mercedes car that's going to get figured out at some point this season and Lewis Hamilton's going to be back there uh, atop the leaderboards again at some point soon? Or is, is this just a, an overtaking, a passing of the torch, if you will, to Verstappen and, and the rest of these guys? That's a great, great question. Uh, and I think it, I think it would, it's a matter of an opinion on who you'd ask, Ted. People would say Mercedes will figure it out eventually. Um, you know, usually it takes like 30 to 60 days for real upgrades to hit cars, right? So, um, you know, it, 
it's it's possible that by the time that they actually do figure out what what it may be to ever get that Mercedes car the, the pace to compete, and I do believe they have the resources and the team in place to do so. But when they do, it's possible that Mercedes has fallen you know too far out of of competition for this particular season. Now, who knows? It's a really long season. There's like 25 races. You know, it's it, it, this goes on for three quarters of the year. We just saw what the off season was. It was a couple months. You know, this goes right. on. So it's a long season. We have Leclerc a couple points ahead right now. Verstappen's in the mix and. You know, let's not forget Hamilton did get a podium last week. So he's he's hanging around as far as you know points are concerned, was able to get back in the points this week as well. But he will they, the Mercedes will need to find that pace and will need to compete uh you know compete with those two top dogs right now to ever actually get Hamilton back in that driver's championship race. Now, as I said, plenty of time to do it. I would tend to think that they will figure it out and it will become a three-dog race at some point this season, but I don't know when that has happening. We we could be talking three, four months down the line before they actually are finding that. Um it's also possible that if they fall out early, kind of what we saw from Ferrari last year, that they just just completely turn to next year um, and, you know, start putting their resources. Now, again, this is all speculation. This is really, really early. We're two races in. But, you know, this is something that teams do do. You know, like they want to they want a competitive advantage. But uh, anyway. Yeah. So, I, you know, great question. Um, I, I, I do tend to think that they'll find that pace, but I, I would not be able to tell you when. It seems like hobby boxes have started to find kind of their happy median right now. I think they're going for anywhere from, you know, a thousand to twelve hundred dollars right now. And I think we've kind of found that leveling point where we're gonna start seeing this product uh really reach its its median level right now yeah. uh, from that 2021 tops class as well. One other product that we want to discuss that we talked about last week as well that just was just recently released. Uh, first off the line, UFC has been out now for a couple of weeks, but hobby boxes just started selling on March 24th. Um, we're starting to see some of that product start to, to funnel its way to eBay. I know Gary was mixing it up in the break streets. I still have not gotten to my hobby shop yet to try and grab a box. Hopefully there's still a few there. Uh, but I've been keeping following along as well, trying to get into box breaks myself and just keeping an eye on some of these fighters that are coming out of this 2022 UFC class. It is crazy, man. It is crazy. Some of the numbers that we're seeing for some of these guys that, you know what? I don't know what their true ceiling is from an actual fighting perspective. I know there's some, there's some certain names in here that, that people probably are aware of at least from a personality perspective, but it is going to be pretty interesting to see where some of these settle in. And I'm trying my, my damnedest because this is Hamzat's first auto uh out of these out of this 2022 box i'm trying my damnedest not to buy right now because the prices on some of this stuff is absolutely insane yeah one thing i i did want to mention just off off the top with the ufc stuff is we're not seeing this immediate spike on hobby boxes like we did with f1 now obviously they came out from panini's website at, at nine almost 900 a pop i think if you can find them anywhere from 800 to 850 uh even right around 900 at your local hobby shop that that's still a buy but i just don't expect that you know an immediate return uh like we did with f1 if you're you know buying boxes to flip if you will so uh keep that in mind and then one other thing that i noticed i mentioned last week that it didn't seem like it was going to be overprinted, uh where we knew that the 2021 product was pretty short printed it, it does seem like there are a few more unnumbered parallels in this product that are pretty common uh we're seeing a lot of silvers start to hit their way on, on ebay streets there's new cracked ice Ruby Wave, and then a Hyper, uh, unnumbered parallel. All of these seem pretty common. You're seeing a lot of them flood the eBay streets right now for all these fighters. So uh, one thing that I would keep in mind, if you're out there buying up singles right now, I'd kind of steer clear of those cracked dice, Ruby Wave, Hyper, even Silvers to some degree, You know, unless it's not in your price range. The the same serial numbered cards that they had in last year's product, the blue prisms, the, the reds, the teals, the purples, the oranges, the, the ones that are numbered, 
are the ones that I'm focusing on right now. But I want to get into a few of the the fighters that we talked briefly about last week and just look at some early returns. And, and the headliner, of course, Patty the Batty Pimblet, uh, the ridiculous-looking Englishman who who is taking the hobby by storm, even to a level that that we didn't really see immediately from Hamza last year. But I just wanted to take a look at his blue prism. It's printed to 199. I think it's kind of a decent baseline to look at for a serial yep. numbered card. The last six sales of that card in the past two days, raw, of course, averaging nearly $1,200, which is in excess of what we're seeing Hamzat's cards from, from debuts, Prism's debut last year. Um, so I just think that we're starting to see this, this absurd level for somebody like Patty Pimblett, who... I don't even know if Patty Pimblett is a, a great fighter yet. Great personality. Uh, going to give you some some amazing quotes. Going to be an exciting guy. And, and maybe, just maybe, he is a good fighter. But I think that once he starts to see some of the the upper echelon of this welterweight division, I think he's gonna he's gonna get he's gonna get rocked once. Yeah. Um, so just keep that in mind. Uh, you know, once that happens, once he gets brought down back down to earth a little bit, there might be uh, a sudden drop off there. But if I'm wrong. And Patty Pimblet is the real deal, and he's holding a, a belt in a couple of years or months or whatever the case may be. However, however quickly this guy gets fast tracked, just keep that in mind that there is some downside risk. At least I think with with the hobby's hottest name from this 2022 class. I know you were mixing it up in the breaking streets. Did you walk away with any Patty Pimblet when you were when you were breaking? Yeah, um, really. By the way, and 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 I just I'm happy that you're getting me into it. And I and I and I've spoken to you about this a little bit also. Like there was a point five or six years ago, I was watching most cards, and it just kind of was always a fringe sport in my life. But you know, if there's anything, as we saw with UFC, that can get me back into to a hobby kind of aligning with you know exciting young talent. So uh, I think that's what's happening for me here. I'm really into it. I, I kind of kept diving into a couple more breaks after I was seeing you some of the other ones we did. Uh, I did hit one pimblet base and I, I hit, I told you right after that, I'm like, I wouldn't have <laughs> this thing right now because these are selling for like a hundred bucks today on eBay, uh, which was silly. Um, but yeah, it should be, I think that's coming today in the mail or something like that. So I'll probably get that up on eBay. Uh, yeah, hit another couple, had, um, had, so the way some of these breakers are doing it are letter, right? So like uh, you could do letter, first name letters. So like if I had A and I get Amanda Nunez, uh, I get all Amanda Nunez cards, right? So uh, that is what happened for me in my last period. I got A. I hit a bunch of crap. I'll show it on the on the next the next uh, one. But I did get an Amanda Nunez champion autograph red prism. Uh, the oh, champion wow. the yeah. champion set, really nice. Like, particularly her her picture in this year's one, she's holding two belts. It's really cool. Oh, awesome. uh, I, I was just like looking at it compared to last year's where she a cooler picture, if you ask me. Um, so Anyway, yeah, hit that. I've hit some cool stuff. I'm excited to see how this stuff grows. I mean, I know on the Panini website yesterday, they still did have uh, about, you know, some some inventory available for $900 yeah. retail a box. I just looked again today, now sold out. So, um, you know, I, I would be coming directly from Panini. Those prices will start to rise a little bit over the next couple of weeks. Curious to see how that, that goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I might uh, go take a walk to my hobby shop today to see what they're selling them for if they have them in stock. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I want to give a few other names here just real quick before we actually get into the heart of today's episode, because if you are trying to find singles on eBay, I think, you know, now is not the time to do it when, when people are ripping through this product and, and the hype is still there. We've talked about that plenty in the past that that maybe that maybe the time to wait will be a few months down the road when some of the hype from this product release has died off a little bit. But here are some names that I think you should be monitoring. Now, all this is price relative as well. And I'm kind of trying to compare everybody to Hamzat because that's a guy that I know I'm heavily invested in. Yeah. And I, I think the, the the peak of the UFC hobby, at least as of right now, but a couple of names that I'm keeping an eye on and, and, and you know, price sensitive, but but we'll be trying to scoop up at the right value is uh, Umar Nurmagomedov, 
who we talked about last week, Khabib's cousin, coming off first-round finish at UFC 272. He's 14-0 in his professional career. Wow. Just a 26-year-old dude. Uh, last fight was at featherweight. So usually the smaller fighters don't necessarily do as well, but we're seeing uh, the lightweight division and the welterweight division both just absolutely stacked. And I think that's where a lot of the heart of the talent is too. But uh, Umar is a guy that I think is is future champion, Khabib level type fighter uh, and should do really well long term. Shafkat Rachmanov, who is another guy we talked about, uh, is not going to give you the flashy quotes, not going to give you the, the flashy sound bites from the press conferences, but another fighter at welterweight who many think will compete with Hamzat for uh, future welterweight titles. Just an absolute wrecking ball. Also 27 years old. Uh, if you can find his stuff cheap, I think another long term buy and hold as he works his way up the welterweight division. Uh, and then just rapid fire here on a few other names that you're that you might want to be keeping in mind. Tom Aspinall, Ilya Tapurio, uh, Rafael Fazeev, Sean Brady, Jalen Turner. I think these are all really good rookie names from this class. And like I said last week, maybe not the one guy who really separates from this product like Hamzat or maybe even Patty uh, is, is going to do. But I think really strong rookie class with guys that are going to be fighting for a really long time. Uh, really, really good fighters, young guys with plenty of upside. Their divisions are really tough right now. There's a lot of really good fighters in the UFC, a lot of really good veterans, but uh, guys that that potentially have some championship upside down the road. And then, of course, Hamzat first autos. These prices are ridiculous right now, and, and to the point where I'm not even really, really actively trying to get my hands on them at this moment. Hopefully, those come down a little bit. Who knows? Maybe they won't. He's got a fight coming up, as we talked about on April 9th. If if he runs through Gilbert Burns like like the odds are suggesting he will. Then it's it's only title fights from there, I think. So uh, main events and title fights from there. So they might not come down. I don't know, uh, but I think the hype just from the first autos being released just a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, I think you're going to see some massive prices, and hopefully, hopefully they they come down a little bit to where uh, the plebes like myself can get get our hands on some of them. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I mentioned this last week, but it really does sound like what this this current the the NBA class is going to be like when Prism comes out. Like, yeah. you know, a couple top high cans like Umar, like Cade and, and Mobley, but more moreover, it's just kind of a really deep class that's going to be fun to invest in because let's see how these careers shake out. And there's going to be a lot of rookies to chase. So, uh, you know, sounds really really similar to me. Obviously, with NBA, we got Cade and Jalen Green and Mobley and Barnes and Suggs and Kaminga and uh, Davion Mitchell and freaking Shengun and Franz Wagner and like it's. Are any of these guys going to be all NBA guys very often? Maybe, maybe Mobley and Cade, but more, more likely we're going to get a bunch of all-star team games in there. We're like a lot of these UFC fighters are going to, you know, headline a bunch of cards throughout their career. Will, will there be uh, champions in there? Maybe, maybe, but, but at the very least there is a deep fun class to chase. So uh, really excited for, for uh, you know, for this and, and to get more involved with the UFC streets. Um, but Cody, should we move on to what the, the bulk of this episode uh, will, will cover? And, you know, it is the most exciting sport in 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 current uh <laughs> i can't even, I, can't, I can't even say you can't even it. keep a straight even, face halfway through that straight, i can't even keep it with a straight face um it, i mean no, it does it really feels like it's been almost a year since we even mentioned the word baseball on this show while actually talking about card markets but yep. uh, you know we're, we're at a point now where the lockout is over most of the free agents have been signed spring training is underway opening day is what i said just just over a week away like, like April nine 7th. days eight, eight nine days yeah yeah crazy yeah. yeah so by the time you guys are listening to this we, we've got basically a week until we've got baseball out. on our TVs, real baseball on our TVs. And we, we're probably even recording this show a couple of weeks too late, unfortunately, because some of the buying windows uh, in the offseason may have snapped shut. But 
before we get into specific players that you're still targeting, uh, players that you might be buying or selling head, heading into opening day, I, I want to revisit your MLB process because we did get quite a few questions in the Establish the Collection Discord. Uh, I just want you to talk big picture real quick, things that you're looking for, boxes that you're hoping to check as you're investing in baseball players. Yeah, happy, happy to talk some macro. And all I'll say about this is baseball. I, I was, it was really a joke, like, for, particularly for me. Um, every single year, I think I say, hey, I'm not going to care as much about the Yankees this year. I'm not going to care as much about baseball. Uh, I'm putting it on the back burner, man. Golf, <laughs> F1, all the stuff I care about more. And then spring training rolls around, free agency stuff starts to settle down. And, uh, man, you know, you know the Blues Traveler song, The Hook? The hook, no. you know, like the hook no. brings you back. It's like this, the baseball just brings me back every brings single, back every, every single year. Um, I, I can't stand the Yankees management. I can't. And, and you know, we'll trust me. We'll have plenty of times for my angry Yankees rants throughout the season. Um, but I I'm excited. I'll probably be at opening day with some friends. Like I'm just pumped. Um, and you know, I had my, my AL keeper league is, is back and yep. running. I had the keeper deadline last night, last night, just literally just got the email with the full keeper list. So um excited about that. I'll, I'll talk about some of the guys on my team. Cause they they relate to some of the guys we're going to talk about today, but yeah, man, baseball, listen, and the reason I, I preamble about this is because I'm not the only person that feels this way. And I know that because I am in, I'm in the card streets. I'm, I'm all over card Instagram and everything like that. And people get excited for baseball cards. They still very much do, especially Bowman, First Autos, Pops mm -hmm. uh, Chrome stuff, Intense. All this stuff has markets. There's reasons that Pops are super high for ultra modern. There's parallels between ultra modern NBA and ultra modern baseball as far as Pops and, and print concerns. Like it's all there because people still care about this stuff. Uh, even if it feels like in our little bubble in the DFS world and everything like that, that it is is so far behind uh, basketball and football these days, uh, it is, but not that far behind in the hobby, it isn't. So um, yeah, let's talk let's talk baseball a little bit. So I'll start there uh, as far as just like what you should be looking at when you're looking. Um, you know, I, I was just doing a little bit of research before the show on some of the top names. We're going to get into some of these guys in a second, more specifically. But you know, the Otani's, the Tatis's, the Sotos uh, of the world. And, you know, shocked to see how much these pops have gone up even since the last time we've spoken. Yeah. You know, just kind of thinking about it in this sense with ultra modern, you know, you got to be careful about the kind of stuff that you're investing in. Uh, and these are going to be the names that are going to really be holding the day. Uh, but, you know, I'll just use Juan Soto as an example. His paper tops update, which is kind of his flagship paper rookie, is up to a 20K pop. So just keep that in mind that it's similar to Prism Base, um, similar to some of the, you know, tops, tops, chrome. Uh, you know, for, for Top Stops Chrome, it's similar to that for Ultra Modern. Like 2017, 2018, and up, uh, we're going to see similar pops that we have at NBA. So keep that in mind just when you're thinking about investing strategy in general. Um, and the, the other thing I'll say about baseball is there is very much, maybe even more than other sports to me, direct season-long on-field results correlated with spikes in card market. And last year was the most perfect example of this between Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and, and Shohei Otani, who were battling it out for the AL MVP. Both had, you know, truly historic seasons. Uh, and we saw both of their cards start last year uh, at, at, you know, 30, you know, two, two digits uh, and, and climb all the way up. Uh, you know, depending on what you're looking at with Bowman, you know, for, for, for Otani, for Bowman autographs, you get up to five figures, uh, but four figures consistently for anything refractored or, um, you know, or, or more rare than that. So, you know, it is, I think as much as any other sport, long-term speculation can be helpful as far as investment is concerned. Um, and the good thing about baseball is it's a little bit of a slower burn. So that, that, that rise happens gradually. So, Yes, yeah, so Tani and Vlad got off to hot starts and never really slowed down last year. And we, we, if you go back and listen in the archives, you can hear when we were trying to kind of pinpoint windows when I thought like selling Vlad Guerrero Jr. was like perfect at this point. Ultimately, it probably didn't really matter because it, like he's it's sustained. Um, and now he's you know one of the top two or three most young talents in baseball. And now you know 
for the most part, it's, it's sustained on anything rare. I mean, the stuff with the super high pops is going to stagnate or go down a little bit. But anything with a little bit of, um, you know, what we know the print count on, it, it, it is sustained. So, you know, I, I think pinpointing those guys, the undervalued guys, is or, or somebody that you expect to take even a further leap than they already have or just you know speculating on a young prospect that maybe hasn't broken out yet uh similar to a vlad from last year um i think that is super super helpful in baseball and you don't you're not like so pressed for for time like you are in football where you have a weekly weekly game and you know all of a sudden you're three weeks in and kyler murray looks like the mvp favorite and you have to sell you know this is you know so it's a more long drawn out uh you know in, in investment periods and and that's good for for both buying and selling as long as you're you're being smart and not panicking. Um, so that's what I would say with baseball. It's a long season, 162 games. Um, you know, I am similar to baseball, like I'm in on your sports. I'm really only interested in a couple products. Uh, if you want to just talk macro for from a second, you know, Bowman for sure is my number one. Uh, like it is a lot of people's. Um, you know, looking at their first prospect cards before their first rookie cards out of tops. Um, I'm more interested in that. Obviously, Bowman comes with autographs in all different colors and 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 parallels, and usually that will fetch the highest premium for any player's card market. Uh, so you know, we're going to talk about Otani and Vlad and Acuna and Tatis and Soto, and you know, we'll talk just from a measure of their market. We'll talk about their tops uh, Chrome and tops rookies. But you know, if you want to take it one step further up, if you always want to see the absolute high of these players markets you can look at uh bowman first autograph so i think that's that's one thing and those are my favorite and then you know mentioning those same tops and tops chrome obviously we all know tops chrome an iconic brand that still is for for uh baseball it is their flagship rookies in tops paper and tops chrome most of the time tops chrome is what you're looking for there are some sh- small examples where the paper card might be a little bit more sought after i'll talk a little bit about some of those but you know really it's it's tops chrome and then to me i'm still interested in some of the other high-end um, you know, that are patch autographs that are like the one card per box. So you're looking at like the dynasty diamond icons, uh, top Sterling, I think is an interesting product. There's, um, you know, a bunch of stuff out there like that, that I think is good uh, that I'm interested in. And then the only other thing that's worth mentioning, and we, we've spoken about this before, and this is probably short lived at this, but just keep in mind that Panini are baseball cards. They are unlicensed, you know, obviously let's see what happens with fanatics and everything when everything's under one umbrella maybe we'll be able to license out some of these baseball cards which will be very cool but they do make flawless and national treasures for baseball and the cool thing about that is you know i'm not interested in 95 percent of that but there is like five percent of cards that come out of that box that even with the or like one of ones or out of fives patch autos really cool stuff that is worth investing in also the good thing about those is they have really great products from retired players george uh you know like like babe ruth like cut autographs and things like that so there's some really high end there's the and then like there's the your, your flagship auto and flagship uh top stuff and then i'm personally not interested in everything in between i know there's a ton of products that come out every year there's top's finest and bowman's best and all this kind of stuff and and i i'm not knocking you if that's your thing totally understand a lot of that stuff does sell pretty well um, but i'm really interested in just kind of like those two streets and that's it for me so um I, it's a, it's a much safer lane to play in as well so yeah that's where i'm at with baseball I'm, I'm excited for the season a lot of young talent like like we seem to have in all our our major sports right now um and yeah did, did that make sense did, did i miss anything Cody? yeah no i think this is a really good baseline for people that are just getting back into it or pe- people that maybe started with football or base uh, basketball and, and are now finding their way into baseball like you have gotten me into and you mentioned it man that the names we we were trying to come up with a list of guys that we should talk about top of mind names even prospects that we should be thinking about uh, for the season and years to come and it's like where do you draw the line there's so many so many good exciting young not even just prospects but talented talented major league baseball players at this point point. Um, and I think that's one reason you mentioned that 
why on-field performance matters so much more for baseball than it seems to for even other sports like basketball and football. And I think a lot of the reason why, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I've tried to theorize about this, is that the coverage of baseball is so different. And so when these guys, like we saw with Otani last year um, and with uh, Vlad Jr. last year, and even guys like Tatis, it's so much easier to cover them in today's media when they're having these truly transcendent seasons and truly great seasons. And so then they are more top of mind. They are in front of viewers faces more often. And that's why you see the things like we saw last year with Otani's numbers going nuts and Vlad's numbers going nuts. Uh, And and I think that we're going to continue to see that this year too, with a lot of the names that we're about to talk about. Yeah, I completely agree. And obviously, like Otani, maybe we should kind of talk about in a vacuum a little bit. Like he was an yeah. international sensation that we that was a pitcher and a hitter. Um, probably would have made an all-star team as both. You know what I mean? Like right. he truly, truly is a top 10 guy on both sides of of the coin here. So, you know, really, really unique situation. You know, obviously has the international appeal. So like his spike in market uh is is something to kind of maybe uh, you view as a standalone event. But Vladimir Guerrero is not, and there's a lot of great talent um, that has the ability uh, to to you know transcend the sport, or at least you know kind of be top of mind and be making like highlight, uh, you know, or hitting highlight homers on a, on a nightly basis. So let's let's start there and let's talk about some of the other big names uh, in the sport. Yeah, why don't we stick with Otani real quick because he's got prices all over the board from mm-hmm. from very low end to extremely high end. Some of the stuff that you're the, the more sought after stuff is going to be really tough to get your hands on. Uh, let's, let's just kind of start with his 2018 Bowman Chrome base in a PSA 10. It's got a pop count just north of 1600, so nothing crazy. Last sold for $540. It's been relatively flat over the last 30 days. Um, you mentioned it, total two-way player who has transcended the sport, early favorite to repeat in the American League as as MVP after basically being you know unanimous last season uh, as the MVP favorite. First of all, um, is his 2018 Bowman Chrome base about a good baseline for his market, or is there another card we should be looking at? And, and how do you feel about his market heading into the 2022 season? Yeah, I think it's a fine base. He's a very unique situation where normally, if I'm just talking about a uh, base card uh, for for a rookie card, I would be looking straight up at the tops or tops chrome, and I'd be going to Bowman for autos or even refractors or colors. But he's a unique situation where he doesn't have a first prospect. His Bowman rookies are his first prospect cards in the same way that they came out at the same time as the tops. So, yeah, I think it's totally fine in his situation. Um, The other card that I I also consider as that uh, is the tops chrome. of him, the pit, the, there's a pitching and a hitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is the the pitching tops chrome. This is actually a refractor, so I'm sending this off to PSA uh, shortly. I think this this card is the other good place to look from a just kind of like a baseline perspective. So if you look at tops Otani um, as well, the chrome that in if the non refractor version of that has a pop of 3,500, so it's about 2,000 more. So obviously it's a more circulated card, uh, and it's kind of settled in there nicely at 250 dollars out of 3,500 pop, and then obviously it goes up from there for the refractors and any kind of uh, parallels. But I think both the Bowman and that are a fine place to look. And honestly, um, you know, it's it's a good number of the 500 for the Bowman, the 250 for the tops with the higher pops. I mean, it's not uh, any kind of anything to stop that. I, I mean, really is. Uh, I actually don't even hate it at 250 for the, that tops card, and I'll tell you why as we kind of get into some of these other guys and their pops. Um, yeah. But if you're if you're just talking relatively to uh, Vlad's pops, Soto's pops, Acuna's pops, um, I think that this Otani pop at 3500, yes, is it up uh, what freaking 20x over the last year, probably um, 60% over a year 
uh, 938% over two years. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. We're probably going to see that with a lot of these guys, I bet. Yep. But it did peak, um, in last July at $400 and now it's settled in, in this offseason at 250. So I think if he does, as you mentioned, come out and repeat that MVP performance, I think that's actually at a fine price right now. That said, I'm not saying it's like a cheap buy, like go, 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 go value buy. But uh, I think compared to what some of these other ultra modern stuff is, it's not bad. So yeah, I mean, you know, but if you're trying to get really rare stuff, um, any kind of even any Bowman Auto, you're spending either five thousand or ten thousand for anything slabbed up. Uh, that's just for the for the Chrome base, you know, for Bowman. And then you get into, um, you know, anything you know colored in from there. I mean, I know auction houses and and um, and Fractional have had some of like the orange, uh, you know, Bowman first autos and things like that. And those are just going to be you know kind of Grail cards from this point forward, unless his career falls off a cliff. That was going to be the one thing I pointed out. Like if you're trying to get your hands on some of this this upper end baseball stuff, and a, another guy that we'll talk about here next is teammate. But if you're trying to get your hands on some of this upper end uh, baseball product, I think one way to do that is fractional. We've talked about dibs and rally. I know there's two very nice colored refractors, Bowman uh, Bowman Chrome colored refractors on rally's site right now. I haven't looked at prices recently, but uh, would think that heading into the season, if you're if you're looking to get invested in some of this this higher end stuff, that that would be one way to do it. Let's keep it with the Angels here real quick with Mike Trout. After missing a majority of last season with a calf injury, he's going to be back in the Angels lineup. We're also getting Anthony Rendon back for the Angels. So look like we got a, a nasty little trio there in the heart of the Angels lineup this season. How are we feeling about Trout's outlook in his current card market? He's obviously been one of these guys that has been uh, a darling in the hobby, has set records in the hobby for for many years. And I think if, I, if I'm looking correctly, his kind of base – uh, baseline general market card is that 2011 tops update uh, yep. that's got a pop count of 5,600 now and last sold for right around 2,500. Is that kind of a good barometer for Mike Trout's card market? Yeah, really crazy. Um, it's basically like what, like, you know, if, if Zion's rookies were, were made in the time when 2011 was, <laughs> was thing like a pop of 5,600 and holding a 2,500 value Crazy. is wild. The fact that this card, uh, you know, a year ago was a six, $7,000 card is, is wild to me at pops, but I think it's settled in right now, literally at this, um, you know, $2,500 range. I don't think it's moving. I think if anything, it moves up because it's now we have a large enough sample size to show that it is, uh, you know, it, it has enough interest and value to sustain, you know, a couple thousand dollars as a card, even with a super high pop, which is, which is, uh, you know, Trout, I think is, is an interesting spot right now to be looking at as a buy. I mean, he came off last season ending with an injury. Shocking. I had a fantasy baseball draft last night, like shocking to see that that guy is not the number one overall pick anymore. He's more like eight to 10, which is just, I can't wrap my head around that to me. He's still the number one consensus overall best player in baseball, I guess, competing with his teammate for that title at this point. The only thing it's to do with the Angels, like it does every year, is like we've been saying this forever that they managed to, you know, they have the best player in baseball. Now that maybe they have the best two players in baseball. How is this team not making playoffs? How is this team not making runs? Yeah. Um, it's it doesn't really make sense. And forever now, they have not been good. What they did this year is they went out and tried to secure uh, up their pitching a little bit. They signed Noah Syndergaard to be their number two pre, uh, after Otani to see the Mets. That's always been their problem. Is they've had decent lineup and bad pitching. They signed Ryan Tapera to, to to set up uh, Rafael Iglesias in the bullpen. So you know the back of their bullpen set up. They at least have two you know solid starters. Their lineup is looking you know Rendon also. We you know we're waiting for him to live up to that contract. He was yeah. probably the best player in the the postseason two years ago when the Nationals won. Um, and then he got this huge two two hundred fifty million dollar deal from from LA 
waiting for him to, to live up to that. Joe Adele is actually a really deep sleeper, I think, for this year. He's not on my sleeper list that we're going to talk about this year, but he was a top overall prospect in baseball only like three or four years ago. He's hitting really well in spring training right now. We've been waiting for him to kind of break out. He came out as a rookie last year, struggled a lot, but he's going to, he's, he's currently penciled in to be their starting right fielder. So no excuses for this angels team this year. Yes. Uh, do, do they not necessarily have, the depth in the pitching department as we would like, maybe. But that lineup is nasty with uh, Rendon and Trout and Otani and now Odell and Jared Walsh is a good first baseman. So, um, you know, no excuses. If they make – all we want is an Otani playoff series and then uh, uh-huh. Otani, and Tra- Otani and Trout playoff series. Yeah. And then, you know, this stuff has room. So, yeah, Trout to me, as crazy as it is, is, uh, is, is a bob heading into the season. Another guy that would would probably be best served to get your hands on fractionally, uh, yeah, where you can. Yeah, I know I'm I I'm invested in a uh, Trout 2009 Bowman um, on Rally. I don't remember which car that is. Uh, might be the Chrome Blue I, Refractor. Yeah, but it's he. You know, yeah. Any any 2009 Bowman Trout stuff is is wild. Obviously, yeah, crazy, you know, crazy, crazy prices on that stuff. All right, let's let's transition quickly yeah. from the grandpa of the group uh, to one of the babies of the group, Wander Franco. Wander Mania is still driving the hobby. I think we I think we actually talked about this after the 2022 Top Series One product was released, where there was some madness ensued with Wander's rookie card. Um, those, which I think you said the pop counts on those were just going to be absolutely absurd. But those cards in a PSA 10 were fetching over $200. Um, how are we feeling about Wander's market? The more higher end stuff, the stuff that we're actually looking to looking after. Uh, how are we feeling about his market heading into the 2022 season? Yeah, what I would just do from Wando from a macro perspective is completely ignore the paper stuff that just came out. Like, unless you're you're getting something from like those box toppers that you know, if you yeah. buy hobby boxes that are like the gold chrome stuff, that, those are cool. Uh, or autos, like if you're interested in that. But like, still, no matter what, it's going to be overpriced. And like, why don't you just wait for Topps Chrome uh, and his rookies out of that? And you know, if you if you're looking for that kind of stuff, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd be looking to Bowman Chrome still. I mean, his that just base Bowman Chrome 2019 for him, the first uh, rookie. I know we spoke about that card quite a bit last year, and you you had your hands on some and were selling after he came up. Uh, but is a pop of over eleven thousand now, and is still holding as a hundred seventy dollar card. So, you know, pretty pretty remarkable um, for for a card of eleven eleven thousand. So for me, it'd be a sell as he kind of hits the ground running in this season. But I am interested in long term investment on Wander. But the problem is. He's like the first poster boy of like real ultra modern, um, you know, like since the card market has kind of kind of taken off. Like all these other guys we were talking about, Otani, Vlad, uh, Soto, Tati Cunha, other stuff came out before the boom of the card market. Yeah. Wander, Wander's lined up perfectly, uh, both and otherwise. Bowman came out a little bit before, but it was already starting to get hot. So, um, you know, the, it is it's just a hard place to kind of figure out which corner you want to go into if you are buying Wander. You know, that said. If you think he's turning into to Trout or uh, to to Tatis, uh, which I think is certainly possible, then yeah, sure. If you want to buy into, um, I would say in my DFS terms, if you want to buy into the buck, go for it. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but you know, you're going to get super high pops and super high prices for anything that's not super rare. And then on the super rare stuff, it's probably out of your range. So he's just in a very interesting specific spot right now. All right, talk to me about your guy. We, we we waited long enough. Jason Dominguez, the guy that I know you're heavily invested in, both as a fan and and both in the card world. Uh, one of the top prospects in baseball right now. One of the top card names in baseball right now. How are we feeling about Jason Dominguez? Yeah, so I mean, you know, still so young. I mean, I think he's only 19. 
um, and played one season of yeah 19, just turned 19 too, I should say. Played yeah. one season of minor league baseball at this point last year. Did not do fantastic. Um, but you know, I think the thing with with Dominguez and, and this maybe is is slightly a concern. Uh, is I think everyone knows he's got all the tools in the world, true five-star superstar potential. I think people are a little bit concerned about intangibles at this point, um, just as far as, uh, or, or just kind of like feel for the game, I should say. Like, you know, how, how much, uh, um, you know, is it just pure talent and how much is it mixed with the, the wannabe and the, and the, you know, absolute feel for being just a, a kind of a baseball head and a baseball player? That's all speculation on my point. I, you know, I don't know. It's still so early. We're still a couple of years away from Dominguez sniffing the bigs. Um, but we, what we do need to see out of Dominguez this year is a leap in the minor leagues. We need to see him be, start to hit in the minors. Um, now, there's no more excuses. It's, it's what should be his third year in the minors. It's what's going to be second because of COVID. Um, but, you know, he's 19. We have another, the Yankees have another 19 year old rookie who, a uh, 19 year old prospect who is completely surpassed Dominguez as our top prospect and is a top 10 prospect in baseball. And Anthony Volpe, um, who is ready to come up like next year and is going to be, you know, all, for all intents and purposes, going to be the starting shortstop of the Yankees for the next 10 years. So um, Dominguez is not the, you know, hottest thing anymore. Uh, he's still a top 20 prospect uh, by most accounts on most places, number 17 on MLB Pipeline, the Yankees number two overall prospect. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, his cards. Does do sell like the super high end stuff? The this uh, did sell for almost five hundred thousand um, dollars. You know, whenever that was in February, the end of beginning of February. So, you know, super factor autos. Like, you know, the, the hype is there. There's no doubt about it. And I'm not ready to kind of make an opinion one way or the other on on uh, the Martian yet. But um, you know, we need to see him hit. We need to see him hit in the minors this year for his market to not tank. Now, maybe I jumped the gun a little bit because we're not ready to talk prospects yet. That was just a guy that I, I knew That's you okay. had previously been excited about and a guy that I, I wanted to get your take on. There's some That's other right. guys that are that are already firmly established in the bigs that we should actually talk about before then yeah. because uh, a guy that we talked about a lot last year, Ronald Acuna, uh, towards ACL in July, his 2017 Bowman Chrome at a PSA 10 has a pop count of uh, nearly 7,000 now, last sold for $266, has been relatively flat over the last six months. We had talked about Acuna is a guy that his market was extremely hot, got injured. Uh, Braves still go on to win the World Series, but we thought maybe we would get this this really bottoming out of his market, a good time to to to, to, to potentially buy. We never really ended up getting that. Uh, shortly after the injury, it kind of leveled off actually fairly quickly. Where do we stand on uh, Acuna as he targets a, a May return to the lineup? Yeah, it was really interesting to see that even throughout this offseason, as we've kind of been catching up on prices, it's, um, you know, his stuff has really settled in, right? Like that Bowman Corona, as you mentioned, is like a $250 card, hasn't really moved, uh, which is fine. And, you know, and I think that we're seeing that also being indicative of the top end of the market where, you know, his Bowman auto stuff really was not as unchanged as I would have thought, you know, throughout this offseason. I think people yeah. are pretty comfortable holding the autos. And what that tells you is, um, it's a unique talent, obviously. And I think, you know, what we're seeing across all major sports now is that severe injuries aren't as feared, you know, especially when you're young as they used to be. I mean, we just saw Kevin Durant come back from an Achilles and he's in the middle of his career, maybe kind of, you know, in his, in his thirties. Uh, we saw Cam Akers come back from an Achilles in six months in football, obviously yeah. not necessarily effectively, but came back. Uh, so I think modern medicine is, and you know, uh, we're no experts. I'm not saying like, Oh, medicine's rare. No injuries are ever going to matter again. I'm not saying I do think modern medicine is in a spot where um, people aren't necessarily just freaked out about some of these super young talents anymore. And that's good to see um, because people have put a lot of money into investing in these 
top five, 10 talents in the league. And you don't want to see them kind of lose it all just because they have a, a year long injury. So glad to see that the market didn't overreact on Acuna. Uh, I still think that if he comes back in May and he's looking good and the Braves are, um, the Braves should be set up to repeat as, as well as anybody else. The only difference basically on the roster this year is it's Matt Olson instead of Freddie Freeman. So you're basically yeah. making apples for apples there and you got a right. younger talent at first base. So, you know, once they get Acuna back, they, they've won a world series without Acuna. Uh, so, you know, He's he's fantastic. Uh, you know, excited about him. I think he'd be third or fourth in my rankings of these super super duper young stars. But uh, you know, love him nonetheless. All right, we got good injury news, and then we got some really unfortunate injury news just a few weeks ago as we start to head into the season. One that uh, you know really kind of sucked the sucked the air out of, uh, of the hobby for a second there with Fernando Tatis. He's going to be sidelined for three months with a fractured wrist. He comes from that 2016 Bowman Chrome class that had relatively low print runs, as you just mentioned, uh, you know, coming before the real big boom of the hobby. His Bowman Chrome in a PSA 10 has a pop count still under 1,400. Last sold on March 20th for 624. This is one that I've got favorited on eBay, one that uh, I get search results for as well. If this, and we just talked about it, we're probably not going to see a big decline in his market. But heading into the season, as everyone else is excited about all these stars that are actually on the field, if it slides any from his injury, I'd love to scoop this one up at a discount. How do you feel about Tatis and and does this injury do anything for you as we as we get underway here? Exact same boat. Uh, really excited about investing in him if, if this dips at all. I mean, uh, word is three month injury. Um, that's not terrible, right? So yeah. we, you know, bring him back for beginning of summer, right when the dog days are are hitting, right? That's that dark time before <laughs> the dark times before uh, <laughs> before preseason starts for NFL. Um, you know, after basketball is over and all we have is baseball. Um, so if he's going to be able to come back right at that time and kind of you know recapture. Uh, the hearts and souls of all baseball fans. Um, I think there's a chance for him to kind of be, be t- you know, we, we were talking about last year, El Nino, as they call him, we were talking about him being, you know, taking over, um, you know, yes, Warotani and Vlad may be having, you know, slightly better seasons. Sure. But as far as a face is concerned, yeah. uh, a face of the league, it was him. You know, he was, he was all over all the commercials. He's got all, he got the perfect attitude, man. Like he's smiley, uh, loves the game. Uh, super marketable star. He's on a Padres team that's been doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on talent. Um, and, you know, they're going to be a force for, for years to come now. So he checks all the boxes for me uh, from both being in a competitive team to being, you know, a guy that can transcend the sport to putting up the numbers to being an MVP type take type candidate year in, year out. Uh, and how old is Fernando Tatis? Like 22 or something? Uh, <laughs> all of these guys. It's crazy. When, he's 20, when he's I, just turned 23. Just turned 23. So Well, when I, when I pulled up Dominguez's age, I thought, no way this kid is still 19. I feel like he's been in yeah. the lexicon for a couple of years now. But all of these guys, man, that we're all talking about are – 22 23 24 years old at most uh like we've talked about off the front end baseball is in a is is in really good hands right now i think exactly i couldn't agree more and so yeah i mean uh wrist fracture is a little bit concerning for what uh not only as a a, a, you know quick bat speed hitter but as a all-world shortstop like a little bit concerning just a little bit like i again i trust modern medicine they're only saying three months um even if there's let's say three months and then it's a month and a half ramp up period for him to be feeling like totally himself so yeah you got about half the season gone of true fernando tatis baseball but if man if we have this back half of the season with fernando tatis being fernando tatis sign me up i like i like him as a buy so i do want to leave us enough time to get into some of these prospects and i know you've got a sleeper list that i have pen and paper next to me ready to write some names yeah. down so yeah, any yeah. other established stars before we get into kind of some prospects some sleepers heading into the season any other established names that we didn't get to that we should talk about their market 
Yeah, Juan Soto is probably my favorite of all these guys as far as just like, I think he actually might be the best overall um, mm-hmm. player, for, especially from like an advanced metric standpoint. Um, that, you know, is not necessarily, cons- I feel like people put him like slightly underneath those other guys. I say that, and then I look at his, I mentioned this before, I look at his pops, paper tops update and has a 20,000 pop. So, um, <laughs> you know, but I, but I do think like it doesn't necessarily get the same level of, he doesn't necessarily get the same level of hype. Uh, you know, his Bowman base auto is up to 4.5 K. Uh, you know, I, I just love Soto as an investment. If you can find it, I think he's been, he's been, what's fun about Soto is, he, you know, he's, he came up at like 18 and kudos to the nationals for bringing him up. And, and he, he was productive right away. Like where he's going to be able to put up, uh, you know, gaudy, gaudy career long numbers if he does not get hurt, uh, which is, which is exciting stuff when you're talking about kind of record chasing and, uh, you know, you know, we're talking 15 years down the line, but if you're looking yeah. at it as long-term investment pieces, you know, he's, he's the kind of guy that can actually kind of make a real mark on those record books. So Juan Soto of the nationals. I, I love that guy, man. I think this was a great list of just guys that are well-established in the league, but also have room for growth as well. And some of the names that, uh, you know, keep an eye on names that yeah. you can still be scooping up as we head into the start of the season. The, the next crop of guys are the guys that I think I'm most interested in to get your take on. And, and I'll be taking mental notes as well as we go through this list. But, uh, the prospects is really kind of where the hobby's bread is buttered, if you will. Yep. Uh, you get these uh, Bowman Chrome first first edition cards where uh, a lot of these guys, they they still unknowns, relative, completely unknowns, and they fetch pretty massive price tags. And I think that there's some money to be made if you can find the guys that have not yet seen that massive spike in their market. And then when they hit the bigs, they can do some of the things that the guys that we just talked about did with Soto and Lewis Robert and Fernando Tatis. And you can kind of get uh, get out ahead of some of these guys. So, anyway, with all that said, as a preface, what are what are some of the who are the, some of the process, prospects that you're looking for as we head into the season? So there's only one name to start with in this category, and it's 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 there's not even close. It's it's one guy, and it's this guy, Bobby Wood Jr. Um, yep. So um, he is the super duper five star phenom prospect for the can shortstop obviously his dad was a major leaguer as well uh but he was the second overall pick in the 2019 draft he he was in the same product as jason dominguez 2020 bowman and you remember me uh that was the peak of me buying cards and was i dominguez hunting yes but did i probably look out and get three or four huge (laughs) autographs yes i did um and i'm just looking at some of his numbers right now and it's insane i'll just start with this um Widely considered the top overall prospect in baseball right now, um, at least in the top two, pretty much wherever you look. Um, you know, I think last year in the minors, he was like uh, 285, 17 homers, 46 RBIs, 15 stolen bases. He was minor league player of the year. Um, but he is uh, really, really exciting. And the, the hype is matching it. Now, here's the question with him. And the reason that I start him number one this year is, it's going back and forth whether he's going to even start. He's going to start the the year this this year on the the Royal yeah. roster. If he does, um, and if he gets out to a hot start, these Bowman Chrome cards that are already just on hype alone going through the roof. I mean, I just all I did was just type in uh, Bobby Witt Bowman Auto, and I mean his base his base Chrome PSA ten is three grand without him ever hitting hitting the field. This is the speckle out of two ninety nine, um, and I have two golds out of fifty. Uh, in, oh, in dear God. yeah, I mean, Woo. dude, like I, I, so, <laughs> so anyway, I, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. And maybe, maybe we save this for next week's episode, but like we, sometimes we talk through my kind of strategy for, for sale, selling windows and, and, you know, I think let's maybe like, let's hit that as a topic next week. But 
man, raw, the raw refractor is at a 499 going for three grand. So that three grand price. And then if you find anything colors at all, um, a green shimmer, nine, five, 10 went for 5,500 last week. Um, you know, I have a gold nine, five, 10 and a gold shimmer nine, 10. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, his atomic went for 5,000. So like, you know, anything Bowman auto at this point is, is crazy right now through the roof. Uh, so Anyway, I think that he does start the league on the roster. A lot of speculation that he's going to start as their starting third baseman, um, where they have uh, Al- Albert Mondesi, you know, another uh, son of, of a former former leaguer, uh, as a, a fantastic shortstop. So, but regardless, man, if he's just up and playing to start this year, um, I don't think he fails off the bat. I think better wander where like there's just too much natural ability, uh, and he's gonna he's gonna make an impact on him. So, man. It's it's Kansas City. It's the only thing that, that worries me a little bit. Like yeah. I don't remember the last time we've but but then right? Like I don't I don't remember the last time we saw a Kansas City Royal be super interesting from a hobby perspective, but I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. Here, I'll I'll say this. Like we're at a point now with social media, with with media in general, where these guys can transcend their markets. Like just be just because he's in Kansas City, just because he's a royal does not mean that this guy is not going to transcend that market, especially if he comes out hot. But I Gary we can't skip past the fact that you said you have two of these gold autos out of 50. I got a gold and a gold shimmer, both out of 50. Buddy, that, yeah. that gold and a PSA 10 last sold for like 67 grand. Are you serious? Yes. Oh, if I'm looking a- at the right card, 2020 Bowman Chrome Prospect Auto Gold Refractor out of 50, graded PSA 10. Hold just on, sold hold on, for hold 67 on. grand, uh, February 13th, 2022. So the question now becomes... Do That's I... a massive card. Yours is yours is raw. No, it's a nine five. Oh baby. Um. Oh baby. So here was the picture I took on Instagram when I hit both of them. These were when they were raw. Um, yeah. But one's a nine ten. One's a nine five ten. So um, the and the pure gold, not the shimmer, is the nine five. So huh. the question is, I have to go look at those subgrades. You know, I would have brought them out for the show, but I have my graded cards like in locked, secured cases. Yes. Um, as you should. But. I have to go look at the subs, but like if that went for sixty-seven grand, there's a question to be made: Do I trans? Do I do I try to go get a ten, a PSA ten, and just and you know add the nine five, which is possible because I think the card looks good. So yeah. I, that's that's a, that's a question. So you know what? Let's let's hold Bobby Witt, um, as in, um, I I don't know if I'm holding Bobby Witt, but let's hold Bobby Witt as a let's continue the Bobby <laughs> Witt. Let's continue the Bobby Witt conversation next week because there's a lot to just, be said there. Yeah. I mean, leave it to Gary to to completely derail the show with a you know sixty five potentially sixty five seventy thousand dollar car. Just yeah, I didn't know I had it. I didn't know what it last sold for. But the, as you look at the rest of this stuff, the his his I mean, we you just mentioned them, but the the out of four ninety nine, just his his Chrome Prospects Auto Base and a PSA ten. All this stuff is trending up and to the right. And as you mentioned it, when if if he's announced on the Royal starting lineup, if he comes out at third base and and does what his skill set should allow him to do. That stuff's immediately going to skyrocket, just like we saw, you know, immediately for for Wander. So, yep. uh, man, got some, you got some that's, bangers on your hand. That's wild. So, like, yeah, obviously the PSA ten fetching the fetching the sixty seven k is something, but the nine five ten, especially for Bowman autos, are almost as accepted in the Gem Mint sure. states. So, but it's the one thing where Bowman still really holds a lot of value. I mean, sorry, where where Beckett still really holds a lot of value is in Bowman autographs. So, uh, I feel good about that. That's wild because I was just looking at my spreadsheet of, of my cards and my estimated values. I haven't updated that card's estimated value since January thirtieth, twenty twenty one. So a little over a year ago, um, and I estimated it at fifty two hundred dollars uh, <laughs> on 
on that date. So that would mean like, even if it's, if, if, it, if the PSA 10 fetched 67, I would imagine this would fetch in the forties or 50, something like that. So um, <laughs> I'm not complaining. Your, your, your estimated value was, was probably correct because there's only been two sales to this card. Now keep in mind the, the PSA 10 pop only is only seven. Yeah, um, I, I don't but know you said BGF that you you said that you updated your spreadsheet January of 2021. Well, you yeah. probably got it from a sale that happened December 29th of 2020, and it did sell for fifty five hundred dollars yeah. on December 29th of 2020. You so you probably there thought, you hey, I've got a I've got sure a nine five ten. I was shooting under. That's why I owe fifty two. So there you go. Fifty one. Yeah. Whatever. So uh, just um, a, a casual eleven hundred percent increase over yeah. the last, uh, you know what. I guess two years now almost. So this is where years. investing in Bowman is such a good idea. And yeah. like, I love if and, and, and I, people, people, and, and look, I know we're getting, we're, we're running long here and, and we can maybe just finish the baseball conversation next week because it's still going to be perfect time for it. But I, I, people say that certain Bowman products are bad or like it's a weaker class. We don't freaking know. Like, yes, maybe they're not a uh, top five or 10 pick in, in one given draft or Bowman class, but for the most part, I like hopping in a little bit of breaks for every new Bowman product that comes out, get myself some exposure to some of these first autos because you don't know who's going to hit. You really don't. Um, I don't think the stuff Juan Soto was in 2016. He was a big prospect in that, you know, like I, I don't, yeah. there, there, there's yes. Wit was, Wit was the number two chase in that, that Dominguez product. But if you were, if you were buying the Royals instead of trying to hit the Yankees, you are so freaking happy right now that that's what you were doing with 2020 Bowman. So, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just, a, it's just to say, that I, I love buying Bowman boxes. If you're if you're looking at cards as a long term investment, even a midterm, because a lot of these you're going to need two three years for them to to materialize. Wit, we're lucky, only needed two. Um, came in as a pretty polished prospect. It was a 2020 Bowman. He's going to probably hit the bigs this year. You needed two two and a half years from when that stuff came out. That's a, that's a pretty good window. I mean, I was able to turn couple of Bobby Witt autos, uh, you know, up really hot. And then this speckle guy right here, I'm going to send this in because these are up. So right now, literally I'm going to send this in today. Um, and I got to decide, do I want to send it to Beckett or PSA? I'll probably send it to PSA. If the depth is that high, if I think I get a 10, I'll probably send it to PSA. All right. I want to, I want to continue this, this baseball conversation into next week, but by the yeah, time that people listen to next week's show, the season's already going to be here. If there was, if there is a, a tiny little window where maybe you can give out a couple of these sleepers, I know people want them. People want to know yep. who you would be thinking about investing in that might be cheap right now. So let's try and do this real quick. Just rapid fire under a couple of minutes. Give me a couple of names that you're that you're really high about, uh, high on as far as sleepers go as we head into opening day. Yeah. So and the, uh, and like we'll talk prospects also. Just the other two uh, names I want to hit really quickly from a prospect perspective of who, of who might be on the the big league roster sooner than later. Adley Rutschman, uh, Orioles catcher. Widely considered also number one or number two overall prospect in baseball. He's out of 2019 Bowman draft. Uh, Riley Green out of the same product. Tigers outfielder. Really, really strong player. Here's his blue for first Bowman auto. Um, and then uh, also Julio Rodriguez, Mariners outfielder, might be up sooner than later. Those are your big four prospects that are going to get uh, playing time this year from ultra-modern uh, Bowman products, uh, including with Wit. Um, just some sleepers for me, or just undervalued guys. Still this guy, man. I, we've, been, we've been harping it for, for a year now, but Bobochet still way, yes. way, way too cheap. Yes. He's right up there with that whole other tier we were just talking about with Vlad, Acuna, Tatis, Soto. He's right there. If not, you know, in that group, right underneath. He's a top 10 young talent in baseball. And for whatever reason, he does not get the same love. I don't understand it. Um, his refractor, uh, PSA 10 Chrome, this exact card has a pop of 1680 and only went for $120 right now. I mean, that's... <laughs> It doesn't make sense. It's a yeah. refractor too. It doesn't make sense. Um, so for some reason, not getting love reserves. Just his nine five ten. 
base Bowman Chrome Auto is six fifty. I think that's the exact same price we were talking about at the beginning of last year. So I don't get it. I really don't get it. Um, I am a buy on on Bobichet, and I think he. I just kept him in my AL Dynasty only league. I think he takes another leap up this year. Still incredibly young. Doesn't add up. Top ten talent in baseball. So that's my main undervalued guy still. Um, All right, go out and get your yeah. Bobichet cards before the season kicks off before he puts up another monster what was the guy we was the guy that we were talking about right alongside vlad jr and Shohei and all these other guys been, been last about year. year i don't know why the market hasn't caught up on him um a cu- couple other just just quick sleepers i think uh you alvarez another guy we've spoken about i still think undervalued one of the top young power hitters in baseball in in houston ozzy albies i still think to be very undervalued coming off a of great playoffs and, and ron has been a stud second baseman now for the braves for three or four years um maybe with freddie freeman kind of out of the way and acuna uh out for for uh a little bit here um maybe he'll you know be able to kind of show right off the gate that he's the you know one b or two a star of that team whatever i like him a lot uh some other names too i just think look at i think john carlos stanton's really interesting coming off now a season and a half uh, of fully healthy uh baseball uh, for the Yankees was top five MVP type candidate towards the end of last year. Um, I just think that he's somebody that we were, was on a trajectory to be like a, uh, Albert Pujols type of, uh, card market and, and career. And then, you know, he got to New York and, uh, injuries derailed him. I don't have data in front of me, but I know the last time I had looked, I was trying to find a little bit of it. Uh, the last time I had looked, I think his, his, uh, you know, top stuff, it would be under Mike Stanton, not Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, but it, it was, uh, you know, a little bit undervalued for, for my liking. So I think he's an interesting guy from a, from a veteran perspective. Cody Bellinger uh, is another guy now. He's also kind of the opposite of Stanton. He's coming off a year and a half of down baseball after having one of the most dominant MVP seasons uh, in a while so in the NL. So trying to figure out which is the real Cody Bellinger. Um, I would tend to think that it is the MVP version of Cody Bellinger. We've seen him do it now before, uh, you know, kind of like Bryce Harper, maybe is going to be that kind of guy that has a, a on one year off one year type career. And you don't love to see that for the hobby, but if that is the case, that means that we're in, in uh, ready for a up year uh, for Cody Bellinger on the Dodgers. Who's still, you know, only, what 24 or whatever and is one of the 26 now i guess whatever and is still one of the top young guys in his mid-20s i think he rebounds strong so i like cody bellinger some really deep sleepers cedric mullins on the orioles coming off a real breakout year last year you can get his stuff for really cheap joe adele guy we just spoke about on the angels kind of completely falling out of favor of the hobby after being a top prospect i think he comes out kind of getting to hit right alongside otani and trout this year looks good in um spring training you can get his stuff for cheap and uh yeah i mean that's kind of my, my main list uh, right now, uh, as far as kind of just undervalued or sleeper guys. All right. I'm going to be tailing you on all of that. Hopefully the <laughs> audience enjoyed the the stars of the sport. Hopefully they enjoyed the prospects and us discovering that you may have a $70,000 Bobby Witt card on your hands that you didn't know about. Uh, and then all I knew the sleepers. I, had it. I didn't know it was 60, $70,000. So I knew I had we're just, it. Uh, we're just adding $65,000 worth of value during a show. Uh, <laughs> All the prospects, all the sleepers. I'm going to tell you on some of those. Please send me that list as soon as we get off air uh, so I can tell you on some of those. And I think we'll be back next week with more baseball discussion. This was too yeah, fun. Uh, I, I always enjoy these episodes more than I think I'm going to. And yeah. I, I always obviously learn a lot from you. Uh, you're, you're one of the most knowledgeable baseball guys that I speak to on a consistent basis. So hopefully we can continue this discussion uh, after the season kicks off on April 7th. Uh, for Gary, I, I, on your way out, before I forget, on your way out, don't forget to hop over to the brand new Establish the Collection YouTube page. Throw us a subscription over there, like the video, comment, whatever you need to do just to help us out and, and help us beat that YouTube algorithm. And with that, for Gary, I'm Cody. We'll see you guys next week. Take care, everyone. <laughs>